Chapter 22 The Sutra of Dependent Origination This life became intriguing once I realized I was halfway in and halfway out, perfectly in between it all. I think this is what the bardo was all about. Now the birds seemed to be quite cheery today, but who was I? I didn't know if I was a serpent, a jaguar, a hummingbird, or maybe I'd taken the form of an eagle and was looking out through all sorts of eyes. Curiosity will make a mortal wonder, and I'd been wondering so long it became far too serious. I'd been acting like the animals because I hadn't laughed in so long and I certainly needed it. Now what will make one laugh? Why I need a good joke. I took some time to think but my memory was empty and so I decided maybe it was time to smoke. Oh I took a toke and there the herbs burned. Now what was I doing again? There was something for which I yearned. Oh right! I was looking for a joke. Thank God and Amen for this precious smoke. Now the joke never arrived. But maybe it was I. Yes, I was the joke. But how was I even alive? So maybe the laugh was over. Or maybe it had yet to begin. Oh, that's right. Why, yes. I'm trapped in between living in human skin. But in between what? Maybe a rock and a hard place. No, that's not quite it. I'm trapped in an illusion watching behind this face. Now who was I? And what was this world all about? If only I knew where I was heading, then surely I'd find the right route. I think that's what I learned about patience. You never quite know what it's about. You just keep waiting. It's like a permanent holdout. Was I looking for something? And why had I left the beach? Oh, I think I need a laugh. Then I heard a great eagle screech. It flew around the mountain. Oh, that peak was profound and auspicious. There wasn't anywhere I was called to be. And so my feet started hiking upward when my spirit got ambitious. As I looked for the laugh, I stumbled upon an old spoked wheel. This was made of wood, and it had twelve spokes that were revealed. Twelve spokes? Why, certainly that could make a good joke. And so I wondered while I took another puff of this divine and enlightening smoke. Oh goodness, I forgot about an offering. The flint had already made a fire to light the joint, and I started smoking so fast because I was trapped in my own poor suffering. Om Tare Tu Tare Turve Soha I spoke. Ah, suffering. Now that is anything but a funny joke. So much of the world is hurting, and so many of us feel left behind like this wheel with twelve spokes. Can you make suffering funny, Ma? I guess that's why comedians are so renowned. They can transform all of life's suffering and seriousness. Then all of a sudden I had to pee, and so I pulled my pants down. Watering a few flowers? Now where was my mind wandering to again? But before I knew it, my feet were walking and we were on the move again. Hiking up the foothills, I kept wandering to find a funny joke, something to cheer me up. But all I kept thinking about was that broken down wheel and its twelve spokes. Maybe that was I. Was I broken down and lost? At least I had feet to carry me, 
and so I watched while this body walked. But about those folks, I think it was leading me towards a grand joke, and so I kept the roll joint in my lips and inhaled more smoke. Suffering. If only we could figure that one out. It seemed to be the grandest issue in the entire world that no one could figure out. Well, surely it begins with something simple. There must be a map to deliverance. Then I heard my intuition awoke. The first spoke is ignorance, much like a feeling of aversion, not seeing things properly. And so you can imagine this like a blind person, she said. Aha! Wait! Ah, so! Did I hear that correctly? Now how did it know? There was no answer, but I followed this path along, as if each step was a drumbeat, and this hike was my song. One foot after the other, was each step living or dying, some sort of phenomena appearing from a cause, why all of this was dependent on whatever was arising. Then my mind formulated a thought, and so my voice spoke. You said something about the first one, but what's the second of these twelve spokes? As long as there is ignorance, then there is formation, action, or karmic creation. Now you can interpret this like a potter working at an artistic station, she said. Wait a minute. I don't care much about these spokes. I'm out looking for a laugh. Now can you tell me a joke? Nope. Only silence. The intuition didn't even offer one hint, and so I heard my mind wander when I started to think. What was it about these spokes? And what do they have to do with anything? I'm out here trying to laugh, and meanwhile I'm caught in the cycle of suffering? That's what the spokes are about. These are the twelve links of dependent origination. It is what surrounds the wheel of life and the six states of existence. These twelve causes, or motivations, explain how suffering keeps continuing," she said. Oh, okay. Now you've got my attention. I want to get out of this terrible cycle. Now go on. What exactly are you trying to mention? These twelve links are called Nidanas, and they surround the wheel of life. Dependent origination means that everything is dependent on something else. In essence, this is a map to understand suffering and strife. She said, Right. Well, I'm all ears, so keep going, Ma. I have no clue what any of it means. But can you better explain this dependent origination clause? Because nothing is as it seems. I thought you wanted a joke. She said, A joke? I took another hit of smoke. Of course I want a joke. <sighs> well, this wisdom is a sutra. It's not quite a clause. Because it's more like a fact of nature. And this is one of her greatest laws," she said. Now I began to mope, because I really wanted a joke. Not even the herb could uplift my spirits, and I became so sad I couldn't even enjoy any more smoke. What's the difference between cats and commas? She asked. Huh? I don't know. Cats have claws at the end of their paws. But commas are the paws at the end of a clause. She giggled. <laughs> Aha! The big sad was gone once this laugh had arrived. Now I giggled so loud I was brought back to life after the last breath out where I died. Oh goodness me, oh my, what a joy to be alive. I felt like a little kid. Yes, I giggled like a tiny boy. 
Or am I a boy that just died? Formations cause consciousness, which is the Nidana's third link. Consciousness propels one into existence like a jumping monkey, and this is called impelling, which represents the many ways one can think, she said. Well, this was getting quite good. I couldn't remember much these days, but I'm sure in the next life I would. Now what did she say? By the power of consciousness, one is linked to the mother's womb. There a body develops, where the fourth link appears like a person in a boat as name and form take shape. And so the skandhas of form, sensation, perception, formation, and consciousness are groomed. From here the fifth link looks like the six houses, and this is the six sense gates. Eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind take shape. From here contact is the sixth link, which is connecting to an object to a state. The senses and the mind make a connection, and so you can think of this as how a couple would embrace. Then the seventh link is sensation and feelings, and it's pictured as a person with arrows in his or her eyes. This is what we would call pleasure or painful. It is the variety between what depletes us or allows us to thrive. From here desires and craving develop. This is the eighth link. This is a constant dissatisfaction or annoyance with the present situation, and so it is pictured as a man with a drink. Through this grasping is the ninth link, where one becomes by acting with the body, speech, and mind. Then the tenth link creates karma that determines one's existence, and so it is pictured as a bride. After one becomes, one is reborn into a particular birthplace. This is the eleventh link, seen as a woman giving birth, where conditions are assembled based on previous karma, like gender, background, geography, and race. Following rebirth, the twelfth link is the continual process of aging for every creature, woman, and man. This is known as old age and death, and so it is pictured as an old man, she said. Ma was onto something very deep, and my inner antenna was tuned in. This great wisdom was a secret to where all of life's suffering did begin. These twelve links form a never-ending cycle that binds us to suffering. And the path you are on is looking to make it out of this vicious cycle. This is the purpose of your entire life. And if you can discover the way out, you must spread this teaching to many disciples. The concepts of this teaching is the chain of dependent origination, which describes the factors that perpetuates the cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. The twelve links in the chain are sequential, and this cycle is apparent everywhere on earth. Each factor causes the following one. Because of this, that arises, and when that ceases, this also ceases. The more karma or weight one takes on, the more the cycle increases, and the more karma one works through or burns up, then their karma decreases, she said. So this is dependent arising like the root of all cause and effect, as if our life was built upon many layers. Who we were was the karma we project and offset. Ah, so. Yes, now you know, she said. By this time, I had almost forgotten how far I had climbed.
almost all the way up, and I suppose I'd look out from the mountain's peak, and then I'd turn around. Just as I reached the top, I felt my mouth drop. Who are you? I asked. Hello, my son, said a wise sage. I stopped, and now I noticed a few people were waiting among these clouds. They were examining me up and down, as if I wasn't allowed. What's wrong? A gentle man started laughing. Where have your pants gone? I looked down, and it seemed I totally forgot. I'd taken a piss at the bottom of the mountain, where my pants must have been dropped. Now I was in underwear, wearing the black poncho over my upper half. I took a step forward, but then I kicked a stone and nearly tripped over the medicine man's staff. What's your name? Uh, is he hissing like a wild cat? The man paused. I did stub his foot. I took hold of a tree. Well, what do you know? Is that you, Jaguar Foot Tree? Said the gentle old sage. Me? Now this is awfully strange. And if you ever come to a meeting of the minds without pants, then I imagine you would also want to turn and run. I was ready to dash away, because this joke wasn't any fun. I'll tell you a joke if you stay. Now what do you say? Said the gentle old sage. I stopped dead in my tracks. A joke? Now the wise sage with the orange robe spoke. What did one Zen monk give to the other Zen monk for their birthday? We paused while I waited in the silence. I'm not sure. Nothing, said the man in orange robes. The group of sages on the mountaintop burst out laughing hysterically. These men and women were strange, and that joke was a total mystery. Why aren't you laughing? Isn't that funny? Asked the sage in the orange robe. I'm not a Zen expert, I told him. Oh, well, I've got the beginner's mind too. So how about another joke? Now he paused and looked to everyone before he spoke. Someone sent the Buddha a gift box tied with a ribbon. Buddha opened it to find it empty. Aha! Just what I wanted! Nothing! The Buddha said. The men and women on the mountaintop burst out laughing again. Nothing? Why are you so serious, my boy? Doesn't it make you want to smile? Asked the sage. Again, I didn't understand the humor or what games they had come to play and so I turned to walk away. Oh, but you must stay, he asked. I wasn't sure, and so I hesitated. Why don't you tell us a joke then? He paused. You're from the West. Then how about a joke about sports? Okay. I really took some time to think of something good. These beings seem to be Buddhists after all, and so I said, What did the Buddhist say to the pizza vendor at the ball game? Everyone looked on with curious eyes. Make me one with everything. Aha! But this time no one else seemed to find it funny. I didn't understand these people in orange robes at all, but I'd gone through quite the trial, and I hadn't come up with such a good joke in quite a while. Some confusion arises from a misunderstanding of the Buddhist teaching of dependent origination, or dependent co-arising. The teaching that all phenomena, including all beings, are one of a vast web of dependencies. Things come into and go out of existence because of conditions caused by other things. Yet Buddhist teachers point out 
However, that although our existence depends on and is conditioned by other things, we as individuals are still responsible for ourselves and our actions. By oneself is evil done, and by oneself is one made pure, said the Buddha. Huh? Well, at least he's smiling. That's it. Humor, my boy. Oh, we can't forget about all this joy, said the old sage. Now his friend stepped forward and whispered in the old sage's ear. Then he pointed at me, but he spoke in a whisper that I couldn't quite hear. What's going on? There was a great pause, and now it became quite serious after my joke. The main man in the orange robe took a giant breath in, and then he spoke. Before we continue, we must know what happened to your pants. This is a very important matter we're discussing on Mount Meru, so you couldn't have arrived here by chance, said the old sage. Mount Meru? I thought this was Mount Zion, and so I scratched my head. Shouldn't I tell them about my journey, and how I think I might have been dead? Oh, but that's no excuse, and so I thought I'd tell them the truth instead. Go on. Now why would the man wearing all black remove his pants? said the sage's right-hand man. This sounded like the start to a good joke. My pants. Well, I guess I was never that attached to them. Both men's eyes opened wide. Their shoulders relaxed before they started laughing so loud, I thought one of them might cry. Perhaps you're right, my boy. Why, isn't attachment so absurd? He paused. Or maybe those pants were never yours. We all laughed even louder. Then a moment later, his facial expression changed when an intense seriousness appeared. Ever realize the Sutra of Dependent Origination? This is something you certainly must have heard, said the old sage. This was awfully suspicious, as if he could hear the journey that had taken place in my head. Maybe I wasn't even here. Maybe I dreamt I was on a mountaintop where I was already dead. Now he walked towards me and retraced my footsteps where I tried to run away when he focused in on my eye. I see you took steps, he paused. Then you're the one called Nine Strides. Oh, I don't know. Then what's your name? I took a deep breath in. Why, now I was aware that I had arrived, but why couldn't I remember my own name? I shrugged my shoulders, and it didn't seem to bother anyone at all. I've been given many names, and so you may call me whatever you like. Who I am is no one special, but rather the empty air and I are very much alike. Precisely, said the gentle sage. That is why you are called. If you are not attached to a name, then there is little identity you cling to. O son of noble family, what have you gone through? If you found this gathering, then something has led you here beyond luck or chance. Why, look at you, my boy. You are not even attached to your own missing pants. Do you remember when I spoke about an antenna? as if my brain and body were like a generator? Well, I was like a piece of cat shit in a great garden compared to these gentle meditators. I was aware of their knowledge, for their subtle bodies glowed before my eyes. I could see that these men and women escaped the trap of suffering. Of course, they were the most wise. Your arrival is timely, and you are certainly quite strong. The real question is why have you come? 
We must first know if you indeed belong, asked one of the female sages. Now I really had to think. How could I explain what led me to this peak? There was something I was pursuing. Why, yes, there was something I had come to seek. I can't remember much, but I do recall where my journey came to start. I ran from an order when my entire world fell apart. Much has happened since then, and I've lost far more than I've ever gained. But the further I continue on, I seem to be stuck in between living and dying, a bardo between sane and insane. Each day presents a challenge, and why not long ago, I left on a quest to become a man. I had to heal my immature boy psychology, and that came from my intuition's plan. I learned all this from a sacred site, and so my intuition spoke of an awakened man named... Well, I forgot, because I never did well with names. The Buddha? He asked. Sure, why not? But my whole purpose is to build a great pyramid upon my boy psychology. A stupa, he said. A what? Now these men and women were curious about me, and they were all looking into my eyes. Hey, tell me what's going on now. Am I alive, or did I die? You're exactly where you need to be. You've gone exactly where you were meant to go through, said the gentle sage. And who are you? The other beings bowed to this man, and I followed their lead. The central figure was a holy man, and so I humbled my ego and took heed. The pyramid you are building is within your soul. Place these verses as an offering in that sacred temple called a stupa. And the being you call the Awakened One is known as the Tathagata, who is the Buddha, he said. At once I heard a bell, as if a great prayer or offering was set to begin. I felt a great connection to these beings, and it was growing out from within. This is the Sutra of Dependent Arising. Homage to all Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, thus I have heard. The Blessed One was in the realm of the thirty-three gods, seated on the throne of Indra. With him were great hearers such as the Venerable Ashvajit, Bodhisattva Mahasattva, such as Noble Maitriya, Noble Avalokiteshvara, and Vajrapani, who were adorned with immeasurable precious qualities, as well as various gods such as the great Brahma, who is the lord of the Saha world, Narayana, the great Ishvara, Sakra, who is the chief of the gods, and Pankashiya, who is the king of the Gandharvas. On that occasion, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva Avalokiteshvara rose from his seat and, having draped his upper robe over one shoulder, knelt down with his right knee on the peak of Mount Meru. His palms together, he then bowed toward the Blessed One and addressed to him these words, Blessed One, the ones of God all really wish to build a stupa. Now that they are present in this entourage, please teach them the Dharma in such a way so that their merit of Brahma will increase and the merit of the monks, nuns, laymen, and laywomen will increase much more than that of all the types of beings in the world of God, Maras, and Brahma, including renunciates and Brahmins.
At this time the Blessed One spoke the verses of the Dependent Arising. Om ye dharma hetu arbhavaha hetun te kanna tathagato ayavatat te kanteyo charnirodaha evam vatan maha charamaha soha Om ye dharma hetu arbhavaha hetun te kantathangata hayavatat which translates as All phenomena that arise from causes the Tathagatha has taught their cause and that which is their cessation thus has proclaimed the great renunciate. Avalokiteshvara is like this. This dependent arising is the Dharmakaya of all the Tathagathas. A person who sees dependent arising sees the Tathagatha. Avalokiteshvara, if the faithful son or daughter of noble family who has built in an uninhabited place a stupa, even one no bigger than a gooseberry fruit with a central pillar the size of a needle and a parasol the size of a flower of the baku tree. Inserts into this verse of dependent arising, which is the Dharma Datu, he or she will generate the merit of Brahma. When such persons pass on from here and die, they will be reborn in the world of Brahma. When they pass on from there and die, they will be reborn with fortunes equaling those of the God of the pure abodes. After the Blessed One has thus spoken, the hearers, the Bodhisattvas, the whole assembly, and the universe of God, humans, Asuras, and Gandharvas rejoiced and praised His words.